Hello, State Hornet listeners. I'm Magali Munoz, your managing editor, and this is another episode of State Hornet Spotlight. I am with sports beat writer Jordan Lattimore and former basketball player Samad Hector, and we are here to talk about Samad's journey with basketball and why he is choosing to leave Sac State. So, Jordan, if you want to start it off. All right. I appreciate it, Magali. So, Samad, for our listeners who may not know you, can you just kind of explain your role um, you know, obviously being a former basketball player here and just kind of, you know, what went into your de- um, decision to uh, come here in the first place, bro? Yeah, I'm a, you know, former men's basketball player here at uh, Sacramento State. I'm studying law. I want to be a lawyer, so pursuing my, my law degree after uh, I finish here at Sac State. What went into me, uh, you know, putting my name into the transfer portal, it was along the lines of, you know, my mental my mental health. Last year, you know, COVID, COVID was hard on everybody and, um it, it took a bigger toll on me because, you know, I, as, as a military child, I moved around a lot. And so, you know, obviously my, my parents were, you know, they were strict. So um, I grew up in a family where, uh, in a household where I couldn't, I couldn't tell my parents things. I couldn't tell, tell them things. So, like, you know, I kind of, like, lived with that my, my, my whole life. So when, when COVID hit, everybody had to, uh, you know, stay home uh, by themselves. Like, you know, I, I kind of went into this, this headspace that, you know, was not healthy for me and probably wouldn't be healthy for anybody. So then that that started to mess with, you know, how the team started performing. And, you know, I take the blame for that. You know, I, I, I took the blame for that because um, the coaches, they started to focus more on me than, than coaching the team last year, right? Mm. So in the spring, you know, after the Big Sky Tournament, all the players, we had to sit down with the coaches one one by one. And pretty much what the coaches told me was, we can't continue to have you, you know, be high maintenance, right? Be be a guy we have to focus on individually other than, um, you know, as a team as a whole. And, you know, I understood that. Um, so I went I went back to Washington and I got, I got a therapist for the problems that I was going through. And so the summer I came back and I felt great, you know, mentally, uh, physically. And just like mental health problems, when people are going through something with like, you know, drugs or alcohol, you can have lapses with mental with mental health problems as well. Absolutely. So <laughs> that that was a mistake on, on my end. I was talking to my therapist for, you know, three, four months ongoing and then I came back here, felt great, and I was like, dang, I'm I'm fixed, right? I'm ready to go. And then uh, my mental health started to decline again. Mm-hmm. And then I started to fall back into a place where it let my teammates and my coaches uh I I don't want to speak for the coaches, but I think it, it let my teammates believe that I was going back to the place where I was last year, you know, being not the best teammate and stuff like that. And I didn't want to put them through that again. So that's why I put myself in the portal. Just talking about just kind of like the timeline of everything, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I was going to ask you like, so, so why did you leave when you did? But it sounds like you left when you did be- after that kind of that meeting, that initial meeting, right. Going into this, this next year where your coaches were you know, talking about you being high maintenance just on that point. When, when they say you're being, quote-unquote, high-maintenance or anything like that, mm-hmm. how, how does that make you feel? I mean, because obviously, like, it's not like you can control this stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So what were your initial reactions to them saying that kind of stuff to you? I, I understood, you know, what, what they were saying, that they had, a, they had a focus on me. I was acting as if I was a selfish uh, teammate. That, that made me feel, you know, not the best because I know deep down I love basketball. And, you know, I always love my teammates no matter where I'm playing at. And, you know, I wanted to be great for my teammates, but there was just a lot of things that I was holding inside and I didn't tell anybody, you know, kind of because going back to me being a military child, I just never tell anybody anything. It was it was a lot 
that I didn't tell them that they that they never knew and they never understood. And so yeah, that's it was it was just a, a weird situation and the time the timing of it all is you know it's not ideal because I'll, obviously I'll have to sit out a year if I decide to come back. I'm that's still up in the air right now, mm-hmm. but um, or not come back, but you know decide to continue to play elsewhere. But the timing of it you know obviously isn't ideal, but. For me and probably for everybody else too, mental health should trump everything. Because without your mental health, you are not <laughs> you are not working or operating normally. Nobody. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. When did this all really feel like a real like issue for you in terms of mentally? Right. You touched already earlier about you know being in this military environment and not really you know coming you know forth with all your feelings about things sometimes. But did you really notice it was a real problem for you? later like kind of in your college life or was it more so something that you kind of always thought was coming but you didn't really face it on until now it was something that happened before i got to sacramento the the summer right before i got to sacramento Mm. i didn't think it was going to really affect me as much as it did going going into the year last june when i first got here that's when i started to you know think okay maybe maybe i got a problem maybe i got a problem things kept getting worse i was like uh Maybe I got a problem. Maybe I got a problem. Mm. Still never told nobody. And then, you know, me looking at things on the internet, I'm like, dang, I think I got to go see somebody about this. Mm. So when I had the time, which was which was uh, after the Big Sky Tournament in Idaho, that's when I took the time to, you know, go get myself right mentally. So, I mean, after the tournament ends and the season ends, were you thinking, like, maybe stepping away from the game was a possibility or anything like that? Like, when did that kind of rationalize? You know what I'm saying? Like It, it kind of came, I want to say, in – late August, early September. Mm. And it was a thing where I stopped talking to to my therapist because I thought I was all right. And going back to what I said before, I was going back to like a dark place, mm. which over the three, four months where I was talking to my therapist, it was extremely hard to pull myself out of. So before I went back into that dark place, I think I figured, let me just attack it now and focus on this. I should be focusing on just this, not basketball, mm-hmm. not not nothing else, just my mental health, you know, and my family and people who can, you know, support me and help me. But regarding my, my teammates, they they might see this and, you know, I, I upset a couple of them. I upset all of them. And they don't understand that I was a military child and I didn't tell people things. So they thought it was something against them. And that's not that's not what it uh, what it was at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a I had a talk with some of the uh, the captains on the team, and uh, you know they were they were stressing that hey you gotta you gotta tell us these things, and it's like shoot bro I don't even tell my dad I don't even tell my mom, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so if they watch this if y'all watch this I just you know I like to just say that it was nothing against y'all I love y'all y'all are my guys, I'm room for y'all from 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 the top to bottom of the roster and yeah that's it. Yeah I mean. Just kind of touch a little bit more on on the environment um, mm-hmm. while you were there. Like, how did you how did you feel? Like, did, did you have access to help or anything like that? Like within the Sac State program, obviously, you know, I, after Big Sky, you you went to Washington, your hometown, and mm-hmm. you know, sought after some therapy. But did you have people or resources that like within kind of Sac State, like you felt comfortable with, you know, getting getting help from or seeking attention from or anything like that? I, I knew there was you know help, but I I I didn't I didn't go seek it out. Because a big part of the fight is knowing when you have a mental health issue. And the next part is getting yourself out of bed, you know, mm-hmm. getting yourself out the, out the door, right. taking those steps to go to walk over to a therapist and walk over to somebody you trust and love and say, hey, I need help. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
because I, I know uh, I, I've seen I've seen a couple people go through this and it's 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 not easy. It's not easy at all. Another thing I kind of wanted to ask you about is just how are you feeling now, man? Like, you know, you're how long ago did you transfer? Like, was it about two months month, ago? About a month ago. About a month ago. So obviously you had some time here to, you know, kind of, you know, get away, kind of relax. I was talking mm-hmm. when we're walking in here, man. You haven't even been on campus. I don't even know how long, huh? Nah. So it's like, how are, how are you feeling now? What's the situation with you? Do you think this decision has helped you in any kind of way? How are you feeling right now, bro? I mean, you know, there's, I have good days. I have bad days. I have horrible days. Right now there's more bad days than good days. But, you know, I'm alive. I'm not six feet under. So that, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I miss basketball. So, there, you know, obviously it's always still up in the air whether I decide to play again or not. But, you know, I've, been, I've just been taking it one day at a time, you know. Um, my family, you know, obviously they're all spread out around the world. You know, they, they've been, uh, you know, sticking with me, you know, making sure they check up on me. My friends have been doing a good job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the former basketball players made sure they, uh, you know, kept checking up on me. You know, all the coaches are still checking up on me. So I feel good knowing that I have the support, you know, because, you know, some things are they're bigger than basketball. You know, my, my, coach, my ex-coaches, they always stressed that it was bigger than basketball. And, um, you know, when they said they loved us, they, they meant it player or, or former Hornet, no matter what, um, once a Hornet, always a Hornet. So uh, they're they're always going to be checking on me, and um, they're always going to show me that support that they said they would. You mentioned that you were a military child. How mm-hmm. did your parents take it initially after you explained to them kind of what you were going through? Were they hesitant to kind of, like, help you out, or was it they were, like, open arms with you? I still haven't told my dad about it. Um, really? Yeah, he, he's, he's, not, he's not on social media, so he, he won't see it. So, like, the things that I say and things that I'm feeling. My blood family related, um, they, I haven't really spoken to them about it. Um, my mom knows, my stepmom knows a little bit about it. Uh, my mom knows a little bit about it. But my father, my dad, he's my hero, right? I look up to him, um, try to be like him every day. You know, after, after I graduated from high school, the, the strictness level of him kind of, like, toned down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like, okay, he's an adult, he'll be fine, Right. So I have a lot of leeway now of what I can say, you know, what I can't say. But, you know, a a little part of me is still going to have that little kid effect. Like, man, what's my dad going to say about this? So um, the the overthinking, you know, and the anxiety that, you know, that I have is is always going to hit me um, when it comes to making a decision about what I can and can't tell my father. So that's a big, uh, you know, step forward for me is being able to tell him, like, hey, um, a few months ago, I was diagnosed with depression. A few months ago, I was diagnosed with anxiety, you know, and just, you know, going from there. I don't know what he, what he would say, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. And that's, that's the scary part. That's the scary part about it because, you know, it, it can go one or two ways with him. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I, I feel like, okay, I'm going to tell him this. And then at the last second, I say, no, I'm not going to say nothing. And then mm-hmm. I just keep I just keep it with me. So eventually one day, you know, I'll get there and I'll say, hey, you know, I have depression. I have anxiety. Um, meant to tell you, you know, two, three years ago. But, right. <laughs> you know, it, it never it never came to be. I was scared. Um, but, yeah, uh, my family haven't really, you know, spoken to them about it uh, a whole lot. So mainly the people that mainly know is, uh, you know, my friends, my teammates, uh, my ex-teammates, um, mm-hmm. coaches. My stepmom, she she might know a little bit about it. My mom might know a little bit about it, but my dad, no, I don't. 
That's gonna. That's. I. I need my dad to hear it from me. Not my. my not my stepmom. Not my mom. Nothing, nothing like that. When nothing do you? When do you feel like you're gonna be ready to tell him? Like, what was it gonna take, man? Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to tell for me. I think. Mm-hmm. I think what would make me comfortable, you know, enough to the point for me to tell him would be, first, I gotta handle, the problem that you know gave me the depression and anxiety, and uh. That's that's going back to something that happened before or, you know, right when COVID was, you know, starting to get up and running. So once I once I go, you know, handle the handle that situation, um, that that trauma point um, and, you know, move past it. I think that, you know, I'll be able to, you know, then focus on myself 100 percent and then my family, because right now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying I'm trying to cope with what gave me this depression and anxiety first and you know deal with it move past it so once i do that then i can you know try to attack the depression try to attack the anxiety and then i could talk to my family about it what are some coping mechanisms that you have found like over the past or your journey with this that can help that has helped you sleep (laughs) (laughs) sleep is good um no but i i go on i go on jogs you know a lot because you know just to get out and you know you know be be with nature um, I go on walks a lot. I go on hikes a lot. I just like to be outside uh, because, especially after last year, because last year I had to be inside the whole year. And me being an extrovert, that's not the place for me. Um, <laughs> I do not like being inside. So co- coping, I just get out, you know, <clears throat> go walk, uh, go run. Um, and me, uh, if you see me on campus, you know, off campus, a lot of times I'll have AirPods in, in my hair and in my ears, and that's to to like block out all the noise. You know, I don't want to be distracted, um, things like that. So a lot of co- a lot of the coping mechanisms has has to do with me me being outdoors. So otherwise, if I'm if I'm inside, all alone, that it's a lot of time to think about things that I shouldn't be thinking about, right? And for me right now, that's it's just dangerous for me to be inside for you know a long like extended amounts of time. So. I make sure I go to bed by like 10 p.m. I get up at like seven and just be out and about, you know, keeping myself busy so I don't have time to be thinking about other things that I shouldn't be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned these coping ne- mechanisms and how they're important because obviously this is a battle, man. You're trying mm-hmm. to win. You know, mm-hmm. you're trying to defeat this stuff, right? And you're trying to defeat this stuff because you want to live your life, right? right. So, you, I mean, talk about you have aspirations to be a lawyer and do this stuff. I know you got some stuff going on with H&M. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that already in the past. So, I mean how has it been dealing now that you're kind of you know removed from basketball and stuff like that how has it been now transitioning into this new phase of your life but also kind of still dealing with some of the mental struggles you kind of had to deal with it it's it's hard because now now that i'm not you know playing basketball it's like i got i gotta wake up and you know go to school the whole the whole time just just school right (laughs) it's never been just school for me it's always been basketball school right so uh, this transition transition feels it feels a little bit awkward to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Just just wake up and go to school, like always having to worry. Man, do I gotta go to six a.m. weights? Like <laughs> now I don't gotta worry about that. And <laughs> you're just like us now. Huh? Yeah. Just, <laughs> and and to me, it, it feel it feels mainly feels weird because it me. I like to stay up late, but it's hard for me to be like, okay, I got to go to bed when I don't have anything to do early in the morning, like go to 6 a.m. weights. And things like H&M, they, they, send, they send me clothes every other week. And it's like, okay, well, 
I don't want to just post video pictures of me, you know, in clothes on my Instagram. Like I need some basketball pictures, but I'm not playing basketball. Mm-hmm. It's just everything. Everything feels a little weird, and it's it's, it's just a big adjustment for me uh, that I'm gonna have to make. So, yeah, I just yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it's tough, man. Cause like I know you love basketball. I mean, like I I covered you guys last year. Like mm-hmm. you're one of the most passionate guys on the floor, right? And it's just how how has it been like? dealing with not having hoop in your life anymore like do you still try to go out and you know go to open runs and stuff or do you do anything like or do you even view basketball as like something like that you want to lean on anymore you know what i'm saying yeah that the day i put myself in the portal the day before that was the last time i touched the basketball i haven't touched the basketball since then Man. like when when i was in the office with my coaches and i told them i i need i needed out like i needed to go i like i meant that i was i was serious about it told them i needed to go home and see my family the the few days after I put myself in the transfer portal, um, I was back in Washington uh, with with my friends and my best friends. Um, coming up soon, I'm going to Germany. You know, see my dad and my stepmom. Uh, they live over there, and my and my younger sisters. And then to Alabama to you know see my mother, and then to Switzerland to see my aunt, my uncle, all the, all that. What was the question again? I'm getting no, all it was time. good, man. I was just asking about you know your basketball and stuff, but obviously you know, like, there's a lot of stuff going on in your life, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of you know, a lot of moving parts and stuff, but um, you know, we're rooting for you, man, and uh, rooting for you, uh, all your success. Thank you. I guess mental health is a really big thing, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's not seen a lot in men. At least they don't speak about it. What gave you the strength to at least come on here and to talk about this issue? Because you talk about it really well. You don't like. You don't seem very hesitant to like share that. So, like, what gave you the strength to be able to kind of talk about it? I I, I don't know. Um, I just, you know. I will always, you know, rotate things back to my father. I think me growing up, obviously I don't speak about things, but that's just, you know, to, you know, certain people, like people individually. I feel like right now I'm talking, like when I speak, I'm speaking to a big crowd. Um, It's a a little bit different um, because in, in a crowd of a thousand people, a hundred of those people, 200 of those people might be dealing with the same thing that I'm dealing with and afraid to speak up, you know? So when we talk about things like going to see a therapist or like, what are your coping mechanisms? This is me trying to tell them, Hey, try this, you know, Hey, try that. Because as I said before, I've seen, I've seen some of my friends go through this, you know, I've seen some of my friends commit suicide, you know, and I, I do not want to see that happen to anybody else. So by if, if any by any means I can I can help the next person and the next person take after me and then that next person helps somebody else that makes me feel so much better about things because this this is a serious this is a serious problem right and for about a year and a half I was you know I was dealing with it by myself like I was stuck in it out by myself didn't tell my teammates you know didn't tell my family and it got to a point where I was like they could have helped me Right. I didn't have to put myself in the transfer portal if I would have just, you know, got out of my stuck ways and talked to somebody. Right. But I take it all as a, as a learning experience. And, you know, you learn and grow from it. So me learning and growing is a big part of it is I have to just start talking about things. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to have to tell my dad what I'm going through. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to talk about uncomfortable things because. If you want to not be uncomfortable, you have to go through uncomfortable. And me right now sitting here, 100% I'm uncomfortable. 
100%. I do not like talking about my feelings with people, right? But would I rather not talk about my feelings with people and see one of my best friends commit suicide again? Or would I talk about it, help other people, and, you know, save lives, right? And I think I would choose the latter because I've seen it happen too many times, you know, and I've seen I've seen my friends lose friends. I've lost friends. Uh, my dad's lost friends, you know, and, um, you know, it just, it just breaks breaks my heart, you know, to see things like this happen. And, you know, my whole life I went through, you know, thinking that, that'll never happen to me. And now look at me. I, you know, I have everything I want, you know, love and family, best friends in the whole entire world. But I'm not happy. Right. You can have everything you want and not be happy. And that's because of your mental health. You know, if you don't have mental health, you don't have anything. You have nothing to, you know, nothing to, to go about your day with, you know, because, you know, you could be overthinking every little thing, right? And that that's what I did last year. I overthought every little thing. I thought my teammates hated me, thought my coaches hated me, you know, and then I brought that to this year and it was all bad. Now, if I would have simply just, you know, went and saw a therapist, went and talked to somebody about it, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. But we are and so this is me this is me learning this is me growing this is me talking about it this is me saying hey i love you i want to help you um you need to love the next person help the next person and you know so on and so forth yeah i mean um touching back on that again i mean what i like you transferring you leaving this the school that takes a lot of courage mm -hmm. and and doing everything you've done takes a lot you coming here today takes a lot of courage what is your direct message you, floor is yours right here what is your direct message to people out there that are going through something similar to you where there's something they got to detach themselves from or, or fear they're facing because of their mental health? What would you, what, what's your message to them and, and what, what would you kind of recommend that they do? I would first say, you know, like I, I, know, what you're, I know what you're feeling. You know, I, I know what you're going through. Being afraid is, is completely normal and it, it is 100% okay. And um, if you need to just talk to anybody Please, 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 please go talk. Go talk to somebody because it may be a learning experience, but but some of the decisions you make, you might regret. All the all the decisions I made, I I don't regret it one bit because I you know I'm growing from it. But I've seen some people not grow. I've seen some people shrink from it um, and and not not ever make it out. So it, it'll be a battle, and you you got to fight that battle. And you know people say. It's, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up. I'm, I'm getting up, right? And I'm going to fight back, and I, I need you to do the same. And if nobody's told you today, I love you. I love you all. If you all have, you know, are going through something, yes or no, I love you all, and that's it, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much no for problem. talking about it. Um, we really do wish you the best and all that you do. Where do you hope to see yourself kind of in the obviously mental health mental health is very day to day. Where mm -hmm. do you hope to see yourself, you know, in the future? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of just, you know, day to day, taking it a day at a time. So deep down a, a big part of me wants to play basketball still. But as as long as this mental health issue is lingering, I'm going to have to put that to the side and uh, you know, kind of kind of do my do my thing. But um Hopefully, I'm not gonna rush anything, obviously. But you know, hopefully next year, I go I go to a new team and I and I play and I'm I feel like how I felt you know two three years ago. 
but you know right now is it's a battle it's an uphill battle still pushing uphill will forever be pushing uphill and yeah this is kind of a far-fetched question but Mm -hmm. i mean are you willing to not play basketball again if that if that's what it takes Mm -hmm. 100 percent. 100 percent. how does that make you feel it breaks my heart to be honest with you i've been playing basketball since i was three years old so that's 18 years of my life that i've been playing basketball and i had had big plans to go overseas play professionally but as i said before you don't got mental health you don't got nothing so that's that's the first thing and the only thing i got to focus on well thank you for joining us and thank you for talking about this we really do appreciate appreciate it make sure to you know follow us on anything else and you know please 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 take your mental health seriously like samad said it's the only thing really that you have and it's the only thing that's going to push you forward and to guarantee you a future Mm -hmm. so thank you thank you appreciate the time man yep